welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. All right, Jacob. So um, anything interesting going on? Basketball exhibition game tonight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big news there. Big stuff. Big uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Roger State's in town. Oh, oh, also um, Tyler Wallace out for the year. Oh, that's right. We don't, uh, we don't mean that. Uh, we don't mean to be joking about that. It's a serious issue. Uh, hope that, uh, that Tylen heals up well, but, uh, hugely impactful news that, uh, that just came out, uh, late Friday morning, Tylen Wallace out for the year, uh, with the torn ACL suffered in practice on Wednesday. Uh, really changes the dynamic of the offense, the direction of the offense. Um, here's the first question I'll th- I'll throw out about this, Jacob. Who is the player most impacted by this? It's got to be Spencer Sanders, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, that's his go-to guy. I mean, he's. He's got, what, 53 receptions, and yeah. second place there in that list is Dylan Stoner at 25. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was such a security blanket there for Spencer, mm-hmm. knowing that he's got Tylen. If his, if his pass isn't perfect to Tylen, the chances of it being intercepted are pretty slim because Tylen's either going to go up and get it or he's going to make such enough a big good enough play on it that the defensive back can't come up with the ball anyways. Yeah. So there was a lot of security there. Um It'll be interesting to see what Spencer does tomorrow now, not having that guy out there. Who does he go to as his go-to guy? Um, he's shown flashes of liking just about everybody. Right. Um, but I think I think Spencer. Yeah. Um, among, among receivers who uh, – I mean, and obviously, you know, this is uh, – the, the timing of this is difficult for, for everybody involved because – it's happened at a Wednesday practice. Um, you know, you assume that Oklahoma State probably, based on the way things were going, at least was anticipating not having Tylen for Saturday's game against TCU. So they were making adjustments mm-hmm. there anyway. Uh, but Wednesday is really the last big practice. Yeah. Thursday is pretty light. Friday is even lighter. And to make adjustments to your offense and your your alignments and your schemes and positions of players at this point in uh in everything is is really difficult. So um who which receiver do you think is the uh the guy that um I don't want to say benefits because that's the wrong word that is uh, that has the most asked of him going forward compared to what it's it has been to this point is it Braden johnson that's kind of the, that's kind of the direction he, I, I lean he's already been starting to merge he's already started to emerge anyways yeah um and so he's kind of the one i lean to he's got the speed mm-hmm. factor um he's improved a lot of those routes and everything and so i think maybe he might be the guy 
Um, but I could see some of these big guys, Jordan McRae or a, maybe a CJ Moore gets back involved more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Dylan Stoner, I think, is kind of a given, maybe a little bit. He was already, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know that his production changes that much necessarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lena Wolf gets a little more targets. I don't know, but I think I think Braden Johnson. Yeah, the, the, the sets that I'm going to be most curious to see, because I think if they go four wide, you're going to see typical stuff with Braden Johnson – uh, mm-hmm. In that in that Tyler Wallace role with with Stoner McRae either Wolf or a, or a tight end in that mm-hmm. other spot uh, when they go three wide is the time I'm going to be really curious to see what type of things they do do they yeah. do they uh, move Dylan Stoner to the outside spot and use Wolf in in the slot with either McRae or Johnson on the other side you know do they do they have you know other things up their sleeve that they that they can do uh, you know like i said i don't know that there's a lot you can do right now to mm-hmm. adjust for this you got to do do what you can do um elsie greenwood is a guy we've been hearing some things about lately that's uh, that's mm-hmm. been coming on in practice langston anderson's name was was brought up on twitter obviously he's played in one game still has the red shirt capability yeah, i don't know if they're going to try to break that red shirt with him for this i, I would not expect it um I uh, I think that maybe you try to get him a little bit of extra work and get him ready for to play a couple more games yeah. at the end of the year, uh, just to we'll help him, him the bowl game. help him get ready, help him get ready for next season uh, when there's a chance that he could now be one of your featured guys. Uh, but I think they uh, they maybe slow things down there a little bit and maybe you know with a with a week to prepare maybe. A guy like C.J. Moore does get more of a look mm-hmm. over there. I don't know how much time in practice he's actually spent on the other side of the field. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about this earlier before the news happened, like what what they could do on some of the things. What if they did do a scenario where they've got McRae on one side, Moore on the other, and then you run Jelani, kind of some of those routes you did downfield the other day. Ooh. You've got three giant receivers. Yeah in that aspect how does how do defensive backs contend with that right yeah i mean i thought that that could be a doomsday scenario for some right? people there yeah that, i mean defensive backs don't have that height and that mm-hmm. ability i mean that's I, I don't know if they're gonna do that but it's just a, a scenario i i threw out there thinking that could really wreak some havoc i mean maybe goal line situations especially or something mm-hmm. like that if you can get down there yeah. red zone you know area that could, you you got three options for a jump ball, yeah. Essentially for Spencer, yeah. Uh, this is going to force Sean Gleese and Casey Dunn to be more creative in mm-hmm. what they're doing with those guys. It's going to be it's going to force Spencer Sanders to get out of that that comfort zone a little bit, and he, he and might run more things. now too. He could, yeah. That could be that could be a possibility. Uh, this week in particular, I think it really changes things for Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, because that frees up, you know, assuming that that TCU was going to do some double teaming of Tylen Wallace, mm-hmm. that frees up a safety. Now they maybe bring an extra guy into the box against a an already they've got they already have a, a good run defense. Yeah, and now they're gonna and load now up. they're gonna be able to to load up a little bit. So it's really gonna put some pressure on the offensive line on Chuba Hubbard. And then, by default, on Spencer Sanders to spread the ball out mm-hmm. and, and try to back that defense up and, and give Chuba some room to run. I think we'll see some more screens this week. 
That's a good question. The way Gundy was talking on Monday, the way that they press at the line of scrimmage, maybe not. It might it might be a little bit tough to do mm-hmm. to do some of that. I, I just think. But, I mean, maybe with Chuba and LD, maybe you see more screens. Yeah, maybe you know because LD almost broke that one a couple weeks ago against Baylor. Yeah, on a screen, maybe get some traditional type stuff with those guys. Yeah. To maybe kind of relieve some of that pressure too. Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, that could be something that, uh, that that might work out a little bit better. The more traditional running back screen game, the uh, the wide receiver screens. It sounds like could be could be difficult, could mm-hmm. be a little bit risky with the way that um, the way that TCU pressures on the edges. So that will be something very interesting to watch. Um, probably the uh, you know we're down the line a bit in in addressing this question, but it's definitely a very important one. Have we seen the last of Tylen Wallace in an Oklahoma state uniform? Oh man, that's, that's a really tough answer right now. It's the multi-million dollar question. You know, um, I kind of lean towards yes right now Mm -hmm. without having any information. Right. Right. In front of us. We've not spoken with Tyler and I spoke with a member of his family with Gundy, anybody at this point, it just, when you look at his brother's history of having three torn ACLs, now mm-hmm. he has one, take the money. Yeah. You know, like if you can get healthy in time for a pro day workout, at least mm-hmm. to prove that you can play still. Yeah. Um, an NFL team's got enough film. They've got enough, you know, history of him to know that he's a, He's a great receiver. Yeah. And he could still I don't know if he'll be first round now. Right. I don't know right. how that would affect things. I don't want to pretend to be an NFL draft expert because I'm not. But I think he'd still be worth a flyer. Yeah. To a lot of teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that uh that there would be a lot of teams willing to uh to take a gamble on him in the in the middle rounds and and then at that point Tylen is gambling on himself. Yeah. To go and 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 make money and uh, and prove his value. So, um, you know, I can I can see the argument for coming back, mm-hmm. but my goodness, that's uh, that is uh, that's scary. I'd, yeah, I'd want uh, I'd want some insurance for sure if I'm coming back. That's uh, there's no doubt about that. So, um, that will be the uh, sort of the underlining story under, uh, underlying story. That uh, that that follows this throughout the rest of the season, and uh, you know, into early January when guys have to uh, have to announce whether they're um, whether they're going to declare for the draft. I mean, you're looking at um, you know, combine is four months away. That's uh, that's probably too quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another uh, another few weeks before. Pro day, it's still gonna be tough. It's that's a, gonna be that's gonna be difficult. Timing. It really is. The timing is gonna be really really I mean, tough for him. Um, you maybe, know, maybe that makes me change my answer a little bit when you start putting the timeline out there. Maybe yeah. he does stay. Yeah, because if he's not able to work out for teams, that could uh, that could impact some. That could yeah. really be an impactful thing. So, say it's, uh, it's a big question lingering out there, and and I think too his decision. I think might impact Chuba's decision. It absolutely could. I wouldn't be surprised if he left or Chuba left. If mm-hmm. he stays, I'm not saying Chuba's staying, mm-hmm. but he might consider it more. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So it could uh it could have a ripple effect that uh, that is felt throughout this program and be and be 
very interesting to see because it's a it's a really tough situation. I do not envy the decisions that no. Tyler Wallace is going to have to face in the in the coming months. All right, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Maybe a little bit more Thailand talk. Some uh, get a little bit more into the game, and we've got the Friday mailbag segment as always. So we will come right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Um, I'm going to have a kind of tease the mailbag segment here at the end of this segment. Um, do some rapid fire on, uh, on some, uh, non-sports questions that I thought were, uh, were interesting that we received this week. We, we got a lot of questions before any of the Thailand stuff came down. Yes. So, yes, uh, try to, try to hit as many. I think this will be the first time in, uh, in Cowboy Chronicles history that we will not get to every question that was asked because we just don't, uh, don't have enough time. That's so. a good week. It it's good. It was good. Uh, good showing by the listeners, and like I said, that was before all of the Thailand stuff. So we appreciate all of our listeners coming through for us big time. Um, but uh, anything else on the uh, on the on the bone with Thailand Wallace that we uh, that we need to address? I think we we covered it all pretty well. I, yeah. Um, I'll ask I'll ask you this: Who's the leading receiver on Saturday? Catches. Who has the most leading catches? Receiver for catches on Saturday. I think the obvious choice is Dylan Stoner, right? Probably so. Probably so. I don't know. I have a I have a weird feeling it could be somebody else, but I really I don't I don't know who. Maybe Braden. I'm I'm gonna Maybe. step out and say Jordan McRae. Jordan McRae, yeah. yeah. Uh, it could be it could be a variety of guys. It's uh, this is the first time in a long time um, that you went into a game not really knowing what the ball distribution was going to look like mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting just to see uh kind of how all of that is handled um let's step over to the other side of the ball oklahoma state on defense max duggan is an interesting guy a uh, a freshman who's had some growing pains like spencer sanders a guy who is not afraid to take off and run a little bit um you know oklahoma state has faced that a little bit um I'm curious to see if they uh, if they maintain the pass rush mm-hmm. that uh, that they had a week ago. I think with guys like Trace Ford, um, Amon got really involved in that. So, you know, some of the safeties coming up. I think that could be really impactful. I think the biggest thing is you want this freshman quarterback to not get comfortable in in this situation. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I think the pass rush is going to be crucial. A little. Uh, for one thing, TCU's best lineman's out. Yeah. That's got to open the door a little bit. Mm-hmm. And OSU's got to be attacking that side now. Um, I you know, we And I ask anybody about this too. The, pre, the, the, the pass rush has improved so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of them actually holding on to yeah. Duggan. Yeah. That has been kind of a problem with the mm-hmm. pass rush. They get to him, but they can't bring him down yeah. type thing. Um, you know, and, and you're right. Duggan runs. So I think Eamon – and his ability to spy is going to be crucial mm-hmm. in the the linebacker spot there. Um, I, I, the receivers don't scare me as much. Yeah, outside outside of outside of Jalen Rager, yeah. there's not a guy that uh, that, you, that really worries. They'll probably just put AJ Green, I assume. On well, Rager lines up so many different places yeah, that it's uh, AJ Green or Darius to, probably. 
Yeah, but he'll end up he'll he'll you know get in the slot and get some safeties on him and do mm-hmm. some mismatch things. So that'll be that'll be the biggest trick is when he gets the ball, you've got to get him on the ground. Yeah, so. yeah. So you know, I, but I, I'm with you. I think it starts this pass rush on this yeah. defense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, Duggan is is a is a talented player. Looks like you know it's a, a significant upgrade at quarterback from what we thought TCU yeah. was going to have when they were uh, looking for a guy and experimenting with Alex Delton there, who we knew was, was just a, a average guy. And um, so this is uh, an interesting development. They've had their ups and downs, you know, they, uh, they kind of got, they, I don't want to say they laid an egg, but they, uh, you know, didn't do a whole lot offensively mm-hmm. against Iowa state or Kansas state, which are two good defenses. Uh, and then they come out and play really well and, and beat Texas. So, They've uh, they've they've ridden the roller coaster like Oklahoma State has, so it'll be curious to see what they look like in this situation as well. So it, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, the defense just won a game for OSU. Mm-hmm. Now OSU loses one of its best offensive weapons. Can the defense do it again? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think they can. Mm-hmm. But now the question also falls too: Can the offense score enough to let the defense win the game for them? Right. Exactly. So it's going to be. There, there's so many questions tomorrow with this game now at this point that we're just we we have no idea. Ty Wallace has kind of thrown this all yeah out of out of whack yeah and but I, I'm really curious to see can the defense win a game again yeah because they're going to have to right that's essentially exactly. what it's going to come down to now the defense is going to have to win this football game that's exactly right um let's uh, let's go ahead and step into a couple of these like I said non football uh questions we'll kind of rapid fire through a few of these so that uh, uh so that we can get on to the football questions in our regular mailbag segment after the break uh, patty and tulsa wants to know uh what's the plan for the pod once hoop season gets going is it still going to be both of us and uh is it still going to be three times a week now this is something we haven't discussed i do we, we did not prep I, for this question I didn't know this question was coming right. I don't have an answer no uh, we, we, we don't know it right I, now we have and, no idea um, um, you know it becomes a lot more difficult in basketball season because yes. you we're both going different directions yes you've got the football women's, you're covering the women's team I'm covering the men's team yeah I'll be um, doing wrestling as well yeah and so uh, you know it's it's a little bit more difficult for us to get in the in the same place for uh, for 30 yeah. minutes and uh, and put this together um, though I do think on some level we'll be uh, we'll be doing our best to make sure that we're yeah. uh, keeping our fans and, engaged, and there might so. be a um well i don't i don't want to speak out of turn but you know maybe we should get a just a men's basketball podcast i don't know i don't, I don't want to speak out of turn i don't know you you you're trying to trying to steal all the thunder here what's going on no it's, no no, it's, no 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 i'm, I'm not and i'm not sorry and yeah, never mind uh, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> no, no 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 <laughs> thanks patty <laughs> right. no it's all good but uh, to answer your question patty we don't know we have but no we're gonna we're gonna continue to uh produce the podcast on some level through uh throughout the um the athletic season but it's good to know she that, that patty cares yes that patty wants to listen to us three times a week yeah my wife doesn't even want to listen to me three times a week so <laughs> and we're not no, we're not even talking about sports. We're yeah, exactly. In general, um, uh, Adam and Tulsa came through again with some uh, some some good questions. Uh, some that we'll address. Adam brought the heat. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Um, 
which one uh, was I wanted to get to here? Uh, most unique interview in the OSU community you've gotten to engage. Uh, you haven't been around long. Oh, yeah, Any, no, anybody uh, super interesting that you've uh, that you've gotten to talk to yet? You know, I think um, just just put LD Brown in front of me right yeah. now, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. pretty happy. Oh, he's a blast. Um, he's a blast. LD Brown or um, the Boone Twins mm-hmm. right now in men's basketball. Yeah, they're just they're all just fun. Yeah. Um, for me, Boone Pickens okay, was fantastic. Never got to talk with Boone, right? Oh, he was fantastic. Uh, never, never a dull moment with with Boone Pickens. Um, uh, Josh Holiday is a guy yeah, that, that you probably didn't I, think of, but I know you've spoken. Yeah, to him I was just thinking about that. Josh Holiday is. I've spoken with him a few times, and he's pretty top notch, interesting, and mm-hmm. fun to talk with. Yeah, um, and the most uh, his question just said the most unique. We gotta throw Gundy out there. At this that's point. true. That's true. We <laughs> never know. We got a Gundy. From a uniqueness standpoint, his analogies every week or the something. The top of the list, um, and uh, he also asks most memorable Halloween costume slash experience and best candy at a house. Obviously, we're taping this the day after Halloween. Oh man, uh, I'm surrounded in my house by there's, by a, there's a lot of candy around candy. here. Candy. All over Candy the place. And Lego. So this is what I see yes, around here. That's exactly right. Um, most of which belong to my son, but not all. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh man, costume. So when I was a kid, I was into like all that Ninja Turtles uh-huh. was a big thing yeah, for me. I yeah. remember dressing as Ninja Turtle, Power Rangers. I think Ghostbuster one year. Mm-hmm. Something always I always enjoyed dressing up as Batman. I think I did that multiple times. I even did it once in college. Solid. I always liked Solid. dressing up as Batman. Yeah, that's good stuff. I've always been a big Batman guy. Yeah, uh, mine's uh, mine's a little bit uh, a little bit different. My my favorite thing, and I think it's the only costume I probably used multiple times, was uh, to dress up as a football player. Okay. Yeah. The reason that it was fascinating to me when I was young, my mom wouldn't let me play football. Right, yeah. And I played football in the yard all the time, but I couldn't put the right. pads and the yep. helmet on. I had, the, I had, yep. So, uh, so, uh, but like my dad, my dad was heavily involved in the youth organization in Yukon when I was growing up, and so he had always he always had all this extra gear around. So I would get to have the pads and the helmet and you know the pants, and I'm sliding the sliding the pads down into the little pouches, and I was snapping in the the all the pads that went around the the waist and all of that, and go out as a as a football player that was uh, that was my that was my favorite thing that's awesome uh, yeah later on i got to play one year of football and and realized that uh wish i had played when i was younger but it was i was i was sort of late to the game and uh not ready for uh not ready for that yeah i was never i never was never allowed to play football so I, i get it yeah yeah absolutely all right well i tell you what let's take a quick break we'll come back and finish this up with some some real football questions on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Back to the mailbag for real this time. Steve emails in, and we appreciate our email. Uh, first time emailer to us, he says. Uh, also says he lives in Wichita, so next time we're cruising through Wichita to uh, give a double honk, he'll know it's us. All right, cool. Um, it, he's very impressed with Spencer Sanders um, and is curious, though, if the bar is set too high for a freshman quarterback to know and do 
all correctly. He says he hears a lot of negative comments and opinions regarding his play, but he's been impressed with him. He understands that it's frustrating based on the way uh, the quarterback position has been handled uh, over the last several years. Um, I do think that there is a little bit of that in the expectations, the outside mm-hmm. expectations of Spencer Sanders. And Sanders is, has been a little bit of a victim of his own success in how well he played in against Oregon State. Yeah. Because people suddenly thought that was going to be the norm. And it was. It turns out that it was just a really good game for him, yeah. and and he's still going through the ups and downs that come with being a freshman quarterback. So, I do think, in a way, the bar is is set awfully high, based on some of the people who have wanted him benched all mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, and uh, you know yeah. want him uh, basically off the team, and you know it's crazy Twitter things. But anyway. Your thoughts, Jacob? I I agree. I mean, you you watched him at Oregon State and thought, "Wow!" And I I also wonder if part of that was the was the unknown factor. Yeah, for yeah. Spencer too, there was no film on him. You had no idea, right. except for high school days. Yeah, and so there was a little bit of unknown there for Oregon State. Um, but th- that did set the bar pretty high. I think that I almost think the expectations sometimes from fans in general mm-hmm. are high for everybody. Yeah. And so I maybe think that's where I I kind of lean towards. Too. I've always I've always had a theory about football fans that the uh, the most popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback. Yes. Um, now being a Colts fan, I didn't have to deal with that for a really uh, long yeah. time. Yeah. What are you talking but, about? Yeah. Uh, but that's that's still always been my theory. So see, I've um, never being a, being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I've never really had to buy into that theory too much either. You know, I mean, I say that people hated Tony Romo. Yeah, there was some, there was some Romo hate. Out people there hated sure. Tony Romo, and I never understood it. But that's mm-hmm. a whole different right. podcast, yeah. right exactly. there. I always loved Tony Romo. Exactly. So. Uh, back to Adam in Tulsa. How do you think the quarterback situation will look over the next five years? Will Gundy be prepared to watch his son sit, or would he play him? Sanders will be here at least another two, especially based on his turnover issues. Illingworth, Gundy, uh, supposing he walks on, and others. On the horizon, obviously, Brendan Costello being one of those mm-hmm. that's uh, already on campus. Um, your thoughts on on the quarterback situation over the next five years? Oh man, uh, that's pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think you got two more years of Spencer, at least. At least, yeah. um, I'm I'm not convinced Gunnar Gundy's coming. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not convinced he's not. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that just kind of went 50-50 there. Uh, but I also, I think if he does come, I'm not convinced he's plays. No. No. Um, um, I, I think, think, and I think Mike's perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I think that Mike believes this and has expressed this well enough to Gunner that he understands he will have to win the job. Yeah. And doing that might even be more difficult for him than a a, a regular player because I think that Mike holds him to a really high standard mm-hmm. and has really high expectations for what he's capable of. So he might have to doubly prove himself yeah. to, to get to that point. And he's going to have some really talented guys he's competing against. Costello, though, no, there's not been a lot of talk about him because because Spencer Sanders is here now, is a really talented mm-hmm. player. was was a talented high school player, a highly yeah. thought of recruit. Illingworth is a big time recruit and a different type of player too. Um, and you know who knows 
what's lying ahead in the 2021 class and, uh-huh. and beyond. So um, this is it's it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I know that there's a lot of buzz about Ellingworth. I'm not I'm I'm not counting out um, Costello in the in the future. He's he you know I mean there's a chance he's gone in yeah. in a year maybe. Ellingworth gets here and he realizes maybe. Right. Yeah, he's not going to get over Illingworth. Yeah, so who knows with uh, with that situation, guys transfer and all of that. So uh, you never know, but um, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it feels like they're lining up talent. Yeah, at that position. Um, and I'll I'll ask you this: you've seen more of of Gunner than I have. Uh, surprised there aren't more offers on the table. I am. Me too. I I really am. Um, he's gotten bigger and stronger. Uh, throughout his high school career, because when he first got out there as a freshman, it looked like that he was going to get snapped in pieces. Yeah, uh, especially when Jalen Redmond was chasing him around the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that was scary for the gun for the Gundy family at that point. Yes. Watching Jalen Redmond chase their son around when he was five nine and one hundred and fifty pounds, I yes. think, or something like that. It was it was not good. Um, but he's he's a very intelligent player. Very uh he he makes the right decisions every time i've watched him play he mm-hmm. he he's calm he's collected um got a great arm yeah um really accurate more than anything on with the arm too um but his arm strength has improved a lot his motion's a little wonky mm-hmm. but he's improved that a lot too and the gets to the right program too that's going to get cleaned up real fast i yeah. think um so i think he's capable of playing division 1 football mm-hmm. um big 12 you can debate it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think a place like a, like a North Texas or mm-hmm. somewhere like that is perfect for him. Yeah. Um, but not to say he can't go to a Big 12 school and win the job eventually. It just won't mm-hmm. happen as quick as it would yeah. at a North Texas or somewhere else. I'll say this. He's got, I think, the, uh, I think he's strong in the one area that you cannot coach a quarterback, and that's accuracy. Yes. You, can't, you cannot coach that. You cannot teach a guy to be accurate. Uh, and he, from my vantage point, and people I've talked to is is fairly accurate, so I think that will uh, will benefit him down the line wherever he ends up. All right, we're already uh, running long here, so we'll uh, try to zip through some of these other. All questions right, here we because go. We've got some good ones. Um, Angel Hare, a regular contributor to the podcast and just on Twitter in general, has Knowles turned the corner? Even Gunny praised his game plan, and it seems the defense is most defense mostly was at the right place at the right time in Ames. I, I think the defense has turned a corner. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Baylor setback hurt. Um, I think Texas Tech was kind of a, a weird deal. I think Baylor was more of a setback, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and they got put in some bad spots in their fourth quarter. Not much they could, you know. But I think, I think they turned the corner because I've seen. I I feel like I've seen steady improvement every week. Yeah, with this defense in some regard. I would agree. Um, the increased pass rush against Iowa State was the most telling thing that I've seen from them, mm-hmm. and that and 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 preventing the big plays. That'll be uh, that'll be a, a question, a concern with TCU, Jalen Rager in particular, because I think he's one of the most dynamic guys in this league when he's got the, got the ball in his hands. Uh, so they're going to have to tackle well and not let him get into space. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that they are back on track after I, I you know I felt like they were on on a, on a good at a good spot after the Kansas State yes. game. 
they had they kind of backslid a little bit, but I feel like they're uh, they're back on track and, and heading in the right direction. Uh, Jeff on Twitter, could you cover the backup running backs? LD has been below average. Is Glass and Jackson still on the team? I thought maybe Jeter would get some carries this year. Thanks. Um, now, Der- uh, I almost called him Derek Jeter. I think that's the second time I've almost called him Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah, I've almost done it too. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Jamil Jeter is in the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, he's still with the team. He's just yeah. not on the roster anymore. He's, he's not on the roster. Uh, if he if he is still practicing, uh, we I haven't I I didn't see we him. We saw him in a scout team jersey one week. Yeah, right? we've seen so him maybe in the scout team. Right so uh, that would be his involvement at this at this point. Yeah. So he is out of the mix in terms of carries. Um, Glass is redshirting. Yeah. Didn't do himself a whole lot of good by fumbling against McNeese yeah. State nope. in his one appearance this At that year. That point, he became a redshirt. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe you'll see him down the stretch get yeah. a little bit more action late, late in the year, but uh, I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. Definitely not in meaningful situations. Yeah. Des Jackson is the one I'm the most curious about. He can still redshirt. He still He's has a redshirt capability. Um, he could be a guy that they that they need two years from after mm-hmm. after this. So that could be – he is still on the team, though. And uh, uh, he played two uh, two weeks ago, made his debut at the end of the game. Uh, we'll see what direction they go what – what, what direction they go with him. Um, L- LD below average. Uh, I think that it, I, he was below average for a, a good portion of – He made a of, forward against Baylor. Yeah, and Baylor. And really, he had, he had started to show some signs yeah. before that. Uh, you know, he didn't, it, they didn't run the ball enough, mm-hmm. uh, at Iowa state for him to be needed. But I think, yeah. that, I think that he has sort of figured out, he's figured things out how to be, how he can be more impactful. Yeah. And I, I apologize to the LD Brown fans. I wrote a story on him last week about his impact. <laughs> Gundy called me out for working on a story on him. And then Gundy doesn't give him the ball on Saturday. Um, and that to be fair, called you out jokingly. Yeah, called me he out jokingly. Uh, yes. Wasn't yes. criticizing. Um, but he pulled the ball out of LD's hands and um, you can blame me. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, for, uh, I mean, uh, there's a, a, a ton of, a ton more questions about Thailand. I think we've covered about every angle of that, that, uh, that we can at this point, uh, one name that someone brought up that, uh, that we neglected to mention, um, Tyrell Alexander is a guy who's still on the depth chart and could, yeah. uh, has, has seen some time could be impactful as well. Um, Patrick Kaufman could, yeah. could also be in the mix. There's a lot of different directions that Oklahoma state can go in. Cowboy backs to be more in the mix. There's, yeah. there's so many ways. Exactly. So uh, that will be something we'll have to address in our post-game podcast. So be sure yep. that you're uh, subscribing and uh, downloading. And, That'll uh, be out this. Sunday for you guys. That's exactly right. So be sure that you are listening to that. Now, last thing, Jacob, I will give you this uh, one and only opportunity because both of us in the paper picked OSU to win and to cover what was at the time a three-and-a-half-point spread. I I will never offer this opportunity again. <laughs> Do you want to change your pick on in in either realm? OSU winning, OSU covering. No. All right, I'm going to stick I with like it. it. You know why? I like it. I think they're going to be fired up tomorrow to play for Thailand. I I can see that. I could. I I think this changes the game plan. Yes. And there's going to be some stuff that uh, uh, that TCU's not necessarily prepared for. You can't make huge changes. No. On a Thursday. Nope. But you can make some subtle changes and do some some things differently. 
Yeah. And uh, and I think that will be beneficial. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. What about I, you? I am sticking as well. So yeah. I just I don't want to change it, either. You our word is our, our word is our bond. Yeah. Yeah. It'll exactly. still be the same tomorrow on the paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. Not, not going to matter what uh, what we say now. So um, with that, I think it is time to go ahead and shut down the mailbag. We appreciate all the fantastic questions. Remember, you can jump in next week if you would like to ask some more questions of us in the mailbag segment. But that will do it for this edition of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.